Welcome Chelsea fans to your home for all the talk and news about the champions of England. I'm Brian and joining me will be my co-host Andres. Get ready, this is the Star Spangled Blues Podcast. going on everybody we are back the star spangled blues podcast just a quick uh just to let you guys know um had some technical difficulties uh this past week um with my internet so that's the reason we didn't upload uh time warner cable or spectrum i guess is what they're called now is definitely not uh sponsoring this podcast <laughs> um but we're back uh we're feeling good right now about the squad um andres how you feeling I am so excited to be back recording with you tonight, Brian. It's It's been a while. I've been itching to just talk some Chelsea football. I just want to get right to it. Yeah, uh, I mean, last week, uh, last weekend, play Leicester away. It was a huge match. Uh, we won't go too many into the details because that's, you know, we missed that one. It's not current right now. Um, got the goal from Morata, another golden head moment. Um, and then just a masterclass from Conte uh, had that really nice uh distance goal um but you know get three points on the road did what you're supposed to do against a team like Leicester. Uh, but we want to talk about some more important stuff today we are back in the champions league yes. how does that feel Andres? it is a missing piece of chelsea football i am excited for these midweek games we should consider ourselves an elite club and elite clubs are participating and compete in the champions league i'm so excited for this campaign yeah, I think a lot of people were discouraged when uh, we saw the draw. We knew we were going to have to uh, fight compared to, like, let's say the Manchester clubs. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good after that 6-0 win against Karabag. Yeah, I agree. It was a great game. Uh, the guys came out, did what they had to do, and on top of that, Atletico and Roma tied, which only makes it easier on Chelsea to get that top-of-the-group spot. Yeah, I think it was a dream start for Chelsea. I think... Uh, I think there's not much, I mean, goal differential is always big when it comes to the one-two spot, especially when you're playing a team, or when you've got a team like Atleti in the group. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think you could have had a better start. There's a couple things that I think we do need to talk about when it comes to that match, namely being the rotation. Um, I thought we'd see a lot more people, younger guys come in, especially against a side like Karabag, when, you know, you might not see him against Atleti or Roma. Um, especially the one that stood out to me was uh, Musonda. Yeah, um, I think all of us were expecting to see our quote-unquote second-teamers uh, start the match. Uh, specifically, like you mentioned with Musonda, he posted a, a picture on his Instagram of the number 17 jersey with a caption along the lines of saying, like, five years in the making, excited to finally get this started. And it just felt like he was announcing his own kind of Champions League debut for Chelsea. I'm... A little surprised he wasn't even on the team sheet, and it hasn't been addressed, I don't think, in the media or anything as of why his his name wasn't on the team sheet. So 
hopefully we'll get to see him next week against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, um, and you know another thing, I know we're all ready to see Eden Hazard back in that in that starting lineup again. Um, but Conte admitted that him and Morata were going to get some rest. I think coming into a weekend game uh, with Arsenal at the bridge, you needed to have all your guys good to go. Um, you know, turns out we didn't see him even in the starting lineup tonight. Um, uh, but you know, it was a good showing from the Blues midweek, um, especially Zappacosta. Wow, what a debut! Yeah, I mean the guy comes in and has that screamer. Goes he covers the whole pitch to put in what he now has admitted was supposed to be a cross, but ended up wanting ended up being one of the goals of the night. So Zappacosta was great. I thought his movement off the ball was amazing. He like he even said it himself. It's the best night of his career. What a what a first game for Chelsea. Yeah, no, I'm pretty convinced that when he saw Michi in the box, he just decided to go for goal. He's trying to save he's trying to save some face by saying it was a cross, but I'm pretty sure he just saw Michi and said, uh, "I have a better chance of finishing this one." <laughs> yeah. um, of course, Michi comes out and has two goals of his own. Um, it, it was just a good night. I think it was big for uh, for Michi to get those two goals, build some confidence, especially with uh, with Nottingham Forest coming up here soon. Um, you know, he's going to see some time in, in, in those games, and we need him to play well. Um, we went back to the 3-4-3, um, but we were, I mean, we were dominant, and, and I think the score was flattering. Um, but, you know, you could nitpick a few things here and there, so um, I'm interested to see what you, what you think about that, that match. Yeah, I think, you know, Chelsea came out and obviously was a stronger side. I, I don't think Carabag is really expecting to do much this Champions League campaign. It's the first time I think they've played in the European competition. And uh, you were talking about Mishi Bashuai, and I think, you know, this was a kind of a missed opportunity for the guy. I know he did bag a goal, and the other one actually got taken from him. It's now recorded as an own goal. But I still think he's he's thinking too much. Like, uh, he's trying to force things that aren't there. Uh, at times, he's, you know you can see the frustration on the field and and I think that the goals at the end were just kind of like a saving grace for him because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about this as as a good performance for him and I I want him to succeed you know the guy is a fantastic personality great team player and you want players like that to do do well at your club and and I'm just not quite sure what's going on in his head but I just wish it he didn't try to do too much and just stuck to maybe just go back to the basics a little bit and gain that confidence yeah we we saw a hazard cameo in that game as well he got the assist on Bakayoko's goal um, but I want to talk about a couple standouts um, that we had namely uh, Zappacosta was the one that you know really for everybody I think stood out in this game like he said it was a career night for him um, you know he admits the screamer was intended to be a cross into the box um, but I think a lot of people are not really looking at the run-up to that goal. I mean, he completely... I mean, Courtois got the assist on that goal. That tells you how deep he was when he actually received the ball. And he ran right up that right flank. Um, you know, I don't know if this... It's it's always good to have competition, but in my mind, you know, how close is it to him starting over Moses? Because Moses hasn't showed me much, even in the Premier League lately. Yeah, and that was actually one of the little videos that went viral was the the guys on the bench kind of giving Moses some slack after the Zappacosta just cannon goal. So I think, 
he brings something a little different to Chelsea's squad, I think. When you have a player like Morata, who's great in the air, and now that there may be a change into that 3-5-2, a lot more crosses are going to need to be played. And, and Zappa Costa's got a great cross. So I think there's going to be opportunities for Zappa Costa and Moses to split time. It'll, it'll probably come down to tactics. But I think I think it really is a lot closer than most people think. I, Zappa Costa reminds me a lot of, of kind of how Alonso joined the team. He was a signing brought out late into the summer not a known like a household name but you can see that the guy puts in hard work he's actually a lot more like he's got more pace than I expected which is important uh for people playing at the wing back position and he he knows what his role is in that in that formation which which is very important when you're playing in that sort of hybrid midfield defender role so I think it is a lot closer than people think it is and, and you, you, a couple games for Sava Costa and he might become it might be his spot to lose yeah and I think he hit the nail on the head when you talked about how it was uh, going to come down to tactics I think when you have a side managed by Antonio Conte that's what it, it boils down to um, he's a master tactician I think when it comes down to uh, when it comes down to Zappacosta and Moses, I think it just comes down to tactics. Uh, another standout from the Carabag game that I want to mention is Aspilicueta, um, captain. Or well, no, because Cahill came back, so he wasn't captain that game. Still my captain. Um, yeah, I know, right? I would. You know, we'll get to Gary Cahill in a little bit because um, you know I've got I've got a few words to say about that guy, but um, you know Aspilicueta gets the goal. Um, he's great passing and he's good in the air. Um, you know, he was dominant that game and his goal was fantastic. Uh, uh, really, really fast ball coming into him that he just deflects goalwards and, you know, makes something happen. That's what good players do. And that's what he did in the game against Carabag. Yeah. That, uh, that goal was some, a thing of beauty from Sesk to actually find that squeeze that mini cross in between two Carabag players. And then Aspilicueta kind of channeling his best friend Morata and scoring a header himself. So um, his goal couldn't have come at a better time. My Chelsea home jersey came in the mail, so I was rocking the Aspilicueta number on my own back, and it was very exciting to see my favorite player put back a goal himself. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's great to see. It's great to see that. Uh, coming from Aspilicueta, guys stepping up. He's just a leader, and uh, you see it every day. Um, now, one last person that I do want to mention is Willian. Uh, he was absolutely dominant in that game, and we've seen flashes of brilliance from him. I think sometimes he tries to do a little bit too much, um, but in that game, I mean, he was dribbling circles around Karabag. Uh He assisted a goal, um, and, and he was just the go-to guy on the offense from the get-go. Yeah, I, I think Willian was the guy this game and he put in probably his most complete performance this season where you know I don't, I don't think I have anything to say on a negative end from him uh his statistics in terms of he got an assist but I think had again we go back to how Mishi kind of is thinking overthinking things had he maybe had Morata or even Hazard alongside him that could have easily been three assists or even a goal for himself uh I think he like you said, he was just, he knew how to make these Carabag players bite and he was just leaving them in the, in the dust. So it, it was a good thing for Willian 
to have a strong performance, especially with a couple of big games coming up. He, he's obviously going to want to play. And I think that really uh, earned him a, a start against Arsenal. So I, I was very happy with Willian's performance. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll leave the Champions League match at that. Um, next up is, I believe, Atleti. Um, it's, it's in Madrid, correct? I believe um, so. Yeah, so that's what that's the next Champions League match coming up. We'll obviously have everything going on with that one here on the podcast. All right, now we're going to talk about uh, today's match, Arsenal at the Bridge. Uh, now, it's not what you want to see from uh, a struggling Arsenal side coming to the Bridge. It's you know nil nil draw. You get a point, still in third in the table, but um, you know Arsenal's been struggling. It's not really what you want to see from those uh, from from the Blues today. Um, I think. There could be a lot of discussion about the the lineup and the subs. I know you and I both have differing opinions on this undress, but I mean, I thought the lineup was okay. I I, I didn't really see any qualms with it, um, with the exception of Cahill starting. Um, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. I know you're not either. I would have much rather seen, loved to see Rudiger in there. I thought the subs um, were totally fine. Uh, Bakayoko coming on at halftime that was completely fine with me we were getting destroyed in the midfield Arsenal was doing whatever they wanted um and then you have Alexis Sanchez come on which obviously makes you put Hazard on um I thought that sub was fine and then Christensen having to come on um towards the end because of David Luiz's red card so I didn't really have any issues but I know you have a differing opinion on that yeah um going back to the 3-4-3 isn't my issue. My issue was more of putting in Cesc Fabregas in a position to basically essentially fail. Like we cannot be putting Cesc in a place where he has to be kind of Conte's partner and in, in stopping a, a midfield. I guess Arsenal also has a midfield doing and Granit Xhaka and oh man, I'm blanking out on who it was that was with him. Uh, Ramsey just ran that midfield and and that I think that goes back to tactics you you know that Fabregas is not your guy when it comes to midfield too and, and that was why Matic was such a big you know starter last season so that really bugged me to start and I think that that's why Conte had to do his first ever halftime substitution and bring Bakayoko on along with that I agree with you so that would you, Cahill would you have rather started Bakayoko over over Cesc? I, I don't know if Bakayoko over Cesc, but the three five two was working great the past couple of games. I I don't see why he decided to put Fabregas just in there when he knows that you know the, these bigger teams can expose his defensive or lack thereof defensive ability. So I think my my move would have been a midfield three where Bakayoko is there with Conte. And Fabregas is kind of in his roaming through the midfield, just kind of guy like orchestrating the offense. Um, yeah, no, I think the result could have easily been one-one. Um, you know, Pedro has the breakaway goal that he puts right into Peter Cech's uh, Peter Cech's hands, um, and then I think uh, Ramsey hits the post and Lacazette you know, did whatever he did and put it over the top. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure um, he did that still. Yeah, and then I think uh, they had a disallowed goal. I believe it was, um, was it Mustafi? Yeah, they had that kind of a, a free kick, very similar to their goal against us in the Community Shield. And 
Mustafi got a head on it. He was miles offside, celebrates it like he wins a trophy, and then the goal is disallowed. I think what makes it even funnier is that we had a, a pitch invader come in, go up and hug Mustafi just to have the goal disallowed, and now he's banned from the stadium. So I, <laughs> to, this is like the most Arsenal thing that could have ever happened. It was hilarious. Yeah, um, and, and like you said, all first half, we were getting destroyed in the midfield. Um, that Mustafi disallowed goal was in the second half. Obviously, um, with the midfield, you know, being run by Arsenal, Bakayoko comes on, Pedro comes out. Um, I think he had a, I think he had an instant impact. Um, I think he was making runs up the field. He was, he was just making plays. Um, he was doing some good things. For me, the only thing I don't like about Bakayoko right now is I think he gives away way too many stupid fouls um i think they had one that i i think it was the bakayoko's foul that led to the disallowed mustafi goal um if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong on that so don't quote me on it but i you know he just makes you know too many stupid fouls in my mind right now Mm -hmm. but i think he had an instant impact when he came on yeah and and one thing that was kind of a highlight for me of today is that as soon as he came on uh chelsea was back in control of the midfield it was as soon as he was on the the second half was a complete different game I thought that uh, Arsenal was dominant more so than Chelsea in the first half then you have Bakayoko step in and and he had something like 17 passes attempted with 17 completed he had 100% take on percentage and he even had like what's considered a key pass so like you said it was he had 45 minutes to make an impact and it was his, his presence was definitely felt yeah, I think one of the things that surprised a lot of people was Hazard not being in the team sheet um, when it came out, not in the starting 11. And, you know, I think a lot of people figured he, today would be the day that he finally broke into the starting 11 again uh, after what he had done for Belgium. Um, he played 70 minutes with the, the youth team. Um, he came on against Leicester. He came on against Carabag in the midweek, which, you know, you were okay with that because, you know, getting him ready for the Premier League start... And it's Carabag. It's not like we were playing Atletico Madrid. But um, I think it was a little bit surprising not to see him in the starting 11 today. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Arsenal is arguably Chelsea's biggest rival. And these are the kind of games that, you know, the team, the fans live for. And these big players live for. Hazard was completely dominant last time he played Arsenal with that wonder goal. And it just seemed like this was the best chance for him to to remind everyone that he's the best player in the Premier League. So a little surprising. And then what was even more surprising is that he didn't even come on until like the 70th minute. He could have easily come on earlier and maybe, you know, make that have that magic moment that leads to a Chelsea victory. Yeah, um, and then the key thing at towards the end of the game that is uh, definitely going to hurt the squad going forward is uh, David Luiz. Um, I I really don't understand that that challenge there at the end. Um, it was out of control. It was definitely a deserved red, and now we're going to miss him um, for three matches. Yeah, that was, you know, the, I was reading and I was I looked back at it and, you know, had the ref. I know it, it wasn't a hard foul, but had the ref not allowed play to go on after Alexis initially fouled him then maybe that red card would have never happened but that specific incident of him lunging at Kolasinac's shin was you know cleats up 
complete contact, extremely dangerous. It was out of anger from, you know, previously getting bugged by Alexis Sanchez. You you know, when it's a team leader and one of your, what, I don't know how to, maybe your best defender, you, you don't want to see that. And it was unnecessary, and now he's gone for three matches. So step right up, Andreas Christensen. Yeah, he's going to have to grow up, and, and we've already seen what he can do, but um, he's definitely going to have to be uh, one of the leaders of that back line with Aspilicueta and hopefully Rudiger. Um, I do not want to see Cahill on the pitch going forward. He just he scares me. There was one point today where he tried a little uh, behind-the-back pass to try and get out of some trouble and ended up slipping and kicking the ball out of bounds, and I was just shaking my head the entire time the ball was at his feet. Um, it was just... It was ridiculous. Anyways, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was sti- not okay. He should <laughs> Cahill doing a back heel passes. That's only something you only see in FIFA. That's not. <laughs> we should never see that again, and I hope we don't. And even then, most of the time, I lose possession. But that's another story. I'm just not a great FIFA player. Um, but the standouts today, I think you could argue, were uh, Conte and Bakayoko, that midfield. Um, I think they helped take back possession of that midfield. Uh, they were definitely key to the keeping the clean sheet today and getting us a point. Um, you know, not a whole lot of offense, so not really some of those guys up front. Um, defense played well, but I think the midfield guys deserve the standout. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that we're witnessing Conte growing into more of a complete midfielder. I think this season has shown us that he has the ability to maybe be a little more like what Michael Essien was for Chelsea back in the day. Uh, I think, yes, his strength is obviously interrupting play and gaining possession, but, you know, he did score against Leicester. Um, He was very involved in the offense, offensive end against Karabag. And then today, you know, he had a, he was one-on-one on on his take-ons. He had two key passes and he completed something like 44 out of 50 or something passes. So the guy's not just going to be a stopper. He's actually becoming part of the offense and, I'm just extremely excited to see how this development, you know, ends up going for him. Yeah. Um, well, we may ha- may have to wait until uh, next weekend because we got Nottingham Forest midweek. Um, we're going to see a lot of rotation, I think. Um, I think you could possibly see Masanda. Um, I think you could possibly see Drinkwater. Um, Michi's obviously going to play, I think. Uh, lots of rotation this week. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it is... Uh, Carabao Cup and and you want to you want to win the ter- trophy but at this stage a team like Chelsea can de- definitely depend on your typical bench players per se I think Christensen will start from the beginning Zappa Costa will start from the beginning and you, like you said Mishi of course but I'm hoping like Musanda gets his minutes I think he can be one of those kind of breakthrough players you know last season for Dortmund it was Pulisic who started with few minutes and now he's you know, a week-in, week-out starter. And I think Musonda has that potential. We just have to give him the chance to prove it. And also, I'm very yeah, excited I, to see Drinkwater. I, you know, it's built up, and, and you see the videos from training, and, and the guy's doing well for himself. That, that knock he picked up was unfortunate, but I, I hope he can make it into the side against Nottingham Forest and and kind of prove to the – haters that he he was a good squad signing i think he he can be a a pretty big surprise for for chelsea yeah um we got a twitter question from teen of sb 
He asked if we thought Michi could find a way back into the side and challenge Murata for the starting position. Um, let me go ahead and uh, answer this one right now. No. Um, Murata, <laughs> I think, is there to stay. I don't think uh, he's going anywhere, <laughs> especially not with the way Michi's been playing. Uh, Murata's been lights out. Um, you know, he can't score with his feet, I guess. But he'll get there. <laughs> um, but Murata's, Murata is, uh, I think he's the striker going forward. I don't think there's any way Michi could find himself back into the starting 11 um, in any meaningful game. I think if you're putting your best 11 out there, Murata's going to be up there every single time. So that's just my take on it. Uh, I don't think there's any way Michi finds himself uh, back into the starting starting role. <laughs> no, I, com- I completely agree. Murata's head is... is- has been already a better player than all of Mishi this season. So uh, I think this question was sent to us before the Champions League game. So at that point, I, I would have told you that maybe Mishi would grow into maybe a more of a supporting striker role. But I, I don't know what it is with his his style of play. Maybe he's just not adapting to what Conte wants or or he's struggling to, to accept what his role is compared to what he was used to. Back in, in in the French league, I, he's got the skills of of what it takes. But yeah, the the center forward position is is not one of those positions in contention. And you know, I kind of want to take a, a different spin on this question and ask you, Brian, what positions do you think are the ones that have kind of competition, and and who do you think like could surprise you know us Chelsea fans and become a starter going forward? Well, I think the big one that I touched on earlier in the podcast would be Zappacosta. Um, I think he's got a good chance to challenge uh, Moses. I don't think Moses is the best crosser. We've already seen um, that Zappacosta's crosses turn into goals. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think other than that, I think um, Christensen could break into a starting role, um, you know, in, in bigger games. I think we could see Christensen some in the Champions League against a side like Roma. Um, but I think Musanda, I think, is the other one you talked about. I think those are the three guys that have a really good shot this year of becoming, like, cementing themselves into a Chelsea side for years to come. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, I think the squad is pretty much, I, I don't know if you have any other opinions, but those are the three guys that I really see having a big shot at, at making it into that starting role. Yeah, no, I agree with you in the terms of maybe Christensen gaining Conte's trust to play in some bigger games when the schedule is kind of uh, packed. Uh, I think, surprisingly, I think we may have a a battle for a starting position in that left center back spot. I, I'm not sure why Conte. I know Cahill is the captain, but I don't see why Conte brought him back for the Arsenal game. If we remember, I mean, John, if John we remember Terry last was season, Cahill was the yeah, reason we John lost Terry 3-0. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, John Terry was the captain last year, and he was on the bench. I don't think him being the captain has any reason. Right, and and that's and that's the thing that's confusing me because I think Rudiger. I think we can all agree Rudiger was extremely solid in those in that run of three games, and even, you know, it's it's a little surprising because again he he wasn't a household name, but he's he's made his position on the team. He works well alongside Alonso, and I think he actually frees up Alonso to do more of his offensive bit in games like he he was more free and we saw that in Alonso's performances today Alonso was I don't we didn't even mention him from today and I think that goes back to having Cahill in the back three 
So I'm, I'm surprised on that end. I really hope that kind of going forward, Conte just sticks with the Rudiger um, starting. And like you said, Zapacosta Moses is going to be the one position that right now seems to be the one that's kind of uh, up for grabs. Aside from that, I think it, it depends on what tactics you go with. If you go 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, I guess you can argue maybe for a Pedro versus Sesk. But that's more of a talking about what system Chelsea play, plays with. But yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun. I, I hope that the competition between Zapacosta and Moses is a friendly one. I think they can only both get better from it. But yeah, it's a it's a, that's a good problem to have. Well, we're gonna find out some of the changes coming up to to the squad uh, this week. Uh, like we said, Nottingham Forest midweek. But uh, you know, that's all we got for you guys today. Um, as always, if you have any questions, you can send it to our Twitter at SSBluesPod. We'll be happy to answer anything you guys want to hear us talk about. Um, other than that, I think we're going we're gonna to end it right here, and we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks, everybody.